Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Mind the Health Gap. Yes, welcome everyone. It's been a minute. It's been a while. How are you, Mohammed? I'm great. Um, mm-hmm. Except from the very fact that we've been locked indoors for the last two months. Yeah, definitely. And just like the political climate of the world right now. But yeah, man, like how how's uni and stuff like? Um, I'm coming towards the end, actually. So mm. a whole mm. year just finishing off. One like that, yeah. It's, mad. it's so mad, isn't it? Um, How are you? I think as well. I'm good. I'm really, really good. I'm, I'm in the same position as you. I have my last deadline submission uh, next Friday. Um, I'm doing my dissertation, very tight deadlines uh, for that. So, yeah, hard work as usual, as you know. Mm. Just a quick question, though. How has your university, has your university even helped with, um, with what's happening in terms of like COVID? Have they put in COVID. any measures to help you guys? Yeah, definitely. You know what? I'm very happy uh, with the way my department responded, even UCL, because in the nicest way, I was quite, I wasn't as like optimistic. You know, they've changed their marking policies and they've been very flexible with deadlines. Um, How's it been with with LSU? <laughs> I think um, I yeah, I think <laughs> they've adapted in terms of like just exams and doing yeah twenty four hour exam windows, mm. but mm-hmm. they haven't really supported the students. Um, what, in terms of the like men- mm. mental support, and what about like um, yeah, um, and even just overall um, contact time with the lecturers? Yeah. That's really sad to hear because, like, I think my department have really tried to keep the social aspect open. Like, every every week we have, like, a catch-up session, like, just away from, like, studies with with um, some of my cohort. So I have actually seen, like, fellow students and stuff. Obviously, it's not the same as in person, but what can you do in lockdown? <laughs> exactly. At least they're bridging the gap there. Absolutely. But, yeah, so... Uh, I'm just going to briefly like uh, outline today's podcast to you guys. It's a bit different from our usual um, uh, podcast, which is part of a much wider series. So even though we have a new series starting for you guys soon, uh, this this one today is really about exploring careers in global health. Um, given the plethora of questions we get, uh, so it's really just about getting to know us better. As usual, it's split into two parts. Um, the first part will focus on uh, the more technical parts of our respective courses and why we chose to study what we do. And the second part will focus on our research interests um, and how this correlates with our lived experiences and our commitment to decolonizing mental health. So Mohammed's going to start with asking the first set of questions. I'll ask the next set of questions but really we're both going to answer all questions um so yeah Mohammed. yeah yeah just to get back on your point yeah we do get a lot of questions from a lot of people yeah yeah and a lot of people especially in the midst of this pandemic we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of people who've asked for more information on global health public yeah, health definitely, definitely. and recommendations books articles and yeah, it's been refreshing to see more people interested in this field. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, I feel often, I feel useful. <laughs> exactly. And often yeah. what we get asked is, like, 
what global health is and what oh. public health is. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, do you want to explain what global health is? I know it's quite difficult because oh, we've been studying uh, it for the last four years, but we're still yet to find uh, a yeah, like this, answer. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's the clues in the name. It's health globally, lol. But um, to give you a more concrete answer, <coughs> it's more so about, in theory, it really should be about like a transactional relationship between, um, I don't I really hate saying global north, global south, but essentially countries in like Europe, Latin America, Africa, um, India, um, straight like on all the continents really um, looking to work together to find solutions to the world's, you know, health issues. That's like a very basic way of me to explain what global health is to someone. Um, it really borrows from a multitude of uh, disciplines, so social science, biomedicine, medicine, political science, politics, um, anthropology, geography, uh, uh, what's another subject, Mo? <laughs> Pretty economics, much. Uh, economics. Eco- oh, economics, yeah, how can I forget? Sorry, health economists. Um, Whereas I feel like, um, and also global health is not really confined to borders. It's it's very global, as the name suggests. Whereas public health, uh, public health is a bit more focused, I would say, um, domestically. Um, that's more so Nationally. a lot more, yeah, national, man, national based. Uh, I think that one is more focused on like health systems of countries and improving health issues within those countries. Um, I think the best way for me to put it is that public health is part of global health. Um, yeah, I don't know how you would make a discrepancy between the two, Mohammed. Yeah, I agree. You've put it where it's supposed to be. Yeah, global health is just improving health and achieving equity mm-hmm. for people worldwide. So it's mm-hmm. transnational health issues. And you want to mm-hmm. basically find solutions to... Um, health problems globally in a global Mm -hmm. um, perspective using all those different disciplines Mm -hmm. and public health is quite national based on um, sometimes it's based on many disciplines like you said as well but it's confined to uh, the country it's an intervention um, right improving the condition of a group of Mm -hmm. health a group of Mm -hmm. individuals Mm -hmm. within the country yeah okay uh, it's still it's still very much debated around the global health um <clears throat> community there's still yeah. we still get new different definitions every other a couple of years yeah um definitely i mean yeah essentially mm-hmm. moving on to the next question and um a lot of the questions where this question i get answered a lot and i'm gonna ask you as well like how do you find out about global health like how did you come across this field so i always tell people this Uh, initially i actually wanted to study neuroscience uh i got to about year 13 and i was like i never ever want to open another science book in my entire life i'm tired um i think my chemistry exam did it for me uh i I cried after exam i'm gonna lie to you um so like when I took a year out before I went to university, a part of me was just like, you know, I I love science, but I feel like I can be doing much more within the field of like science, health, medicine, whatever. Um, 
something that's very much concentrated on helping people understanding health and disease but have having a much wider impact and then I just I was just searching 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 um and I came across this course at King's and I and it included the neuroscience aspect that really appealed to me because you know a part of me still wanted to to do like something sciencey but also I very much love like humanities based social science based subjects I think in my heart and I just found this course and I was just like this is perfect this is exactly what I want to do um and yeah like the rest is history what about for you Mo? Mine was a similar journey as well um, I initially wanted to do medicine uh-huh. and um, then I didn't get it so the next step was to either <laughs> go through the normal way of doing uh, biomedical sciences and uh-huh. then applying after but so then again uh-huh. ex- but then again I had science back I had science a levels as well as right, right. Uh, to humanity a levels so uh-huh. then so then I came across global health in a TED talk like that's oh that's so interesting I came across it in a TED talk where it looked at like the social aspects of health as well as just evidence-based medicine in a way as well so it combined uh, healthcare but through a different lens Mm -hmm. so and then um, the first year the first year of uh, my undergrad I was quite tough because coming from a scientific background right being told that everything has constructs right oh yeah that was weird that was very weird you have to critically think in a way Mm. and unpack certain concepts um that in itself is a journey and um i'm glad i i'm glad i actually got through in that way other than being a medic who would have possibly intercalated um in global health Uh and um yeah that is so after the first year then that's when i realized okay this is something that i really want to pursue and i really want to it it was actually very in line with my values and my interests because like i said global health is very modern it's things that are happening um within our everyday life so when people ask me what is global health it's everything it's it's um the disease near your area if there's any disease happening in your area the access to healthcare in your area um Mm -hmm. who gets care who gets um who doesn't get care um Mm -hmm. why is homelessness everything is so connected to global health Mm -hmm. yes i agree every day i think yeah i think sorry just to go back and add to my answer i think i definitely agree with mohammed in that a lot of what we learn in the classroom is very much happening in real life with global health it's not like no like shade to any other degrees it's not like you learn about titrating and then you leave that in the classroom and you never ever use it again in any other aspect of your life like a lot of the concepts and uh theories and all of it i would say the best way to like reduce what i'm saying or to put put it across in a much clearer way uh global health is pretty much lived experiences of people through conceptual frameworks is the best way i can, can understand it because a lot of what we learn is 
is really validated through evidence and through theory. Um, um, sorry, a lot of what we experience is validated through that and is what we're taught in global health, uh, particularly for, as Mohammed said, people who don't get access to treatment and medicine and failing healthcare systems, why they fail. Uh, so yeah, definitely, I agree. Mm -hmm. In terms of applying for global health or a public health course, like mm -hmm. what do you need to emphasize on your personal statement or the application process like how do you basically apply for these positions at university um, okay so i would say like whenever young people ask me or prospective students like message me with this question and their personal statement i think first of all i would say um really emphasize your enthusiasm for improving health um, and this could be done in a multitude of ways so either in things that you're reading uh, in the voluntary experience you may or may not have um, uh, in your own interests as well you know one thing I always get is people messaging me being like oh I'm interested in tropical diseases is this global health yes it is um, oh I'm interested in in, in race and blah, 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 blah. I think I talk about it too much. Is it global health? Yes, it is. Um, and I think where to start in global health is to really hone in on your interest and consider how um, the field uh, talks about what, what it is you're interested in. You'll be very surprised. Like global health has like a little niche, uh, I would say perspective on what you think is pretty like, I'm not spoken about, they're talking about it, I promise you. Um, so I would say emphasize that as well. I think as well, emphasize your lived experience. I always think lived experience is a great um, influence in how, in the frame of reference you have of the world, um, in the frame of, um, in the way you navigate systems in the world. So definitely talk about your lived experience. I know in a lot of my personal statement, I spoke about growing up in quite a few different countries, experiencing the healthcare systems in those countries and what that meant uh, for me or for family members who had disabilities. Um, definitely. And I think as well, emphasize what it is you want to do with global health. I mean, I'm not saying you have to know precisely that you want to research X or go into X don't. career. Yeah, we still don't. We still Absolutely don't. not. But I think just, just like, just like an idea of like, how do you think like with this degree, you can impact the world, you know? Um, and it can be as vague as possible, but just having a, a slight inkling into like, you know what? I think there's research potential in this place, or I feel like there's not a space for this, for these voices in this place. Um, so yeah, I, I would emphasize that on your personal statement. What about you, Mohammed? Um just about everything that you've said and um, I just wanted to add my view and uh, um, yeah you want to you want to basically hone in on the skills that um, you can't really have so reading the news uh, listening to the news uh, reading a newspaper these are all things you come across global health things um, yeah. and that actually improves your critical thinking skills and these Definitely. are key skills um required for studying like a topic like global health and uh, like beauty said it's again 
it depends on you and your interests and you can basically pretty much write anything about um your interest and it will somehow fit into global health because it's it's made up of so many disciplines that uh, you've got sociology economics Absolutely. uh you've yeah. got actual neuroscience actual medicine uh-huh. all these um disciplines and basically just shaping your interests and putting it yeah. on paper would be enough would as long as you've got the passion and the motivation to actually go ahead uh-huh. with it uh-huh. and Absolutely. yeah speaking of interests um, yeah uh-huh. i just wanted to i wanted the listeners to get a more in-depth understanding of what your interests are in terms of global health like which fields are you interested in um oh so um i was i was actually gonna ask this later on mohammed can we can we hold the question <laughs> uh, we um can, but uh, because i was gonna say you have put me on the spot but like i mean i pretty much talk about this all of the time for those of you prospective students who do follow me on social media i'm, I'm interested in many things um but i would say uh, my main research er- or area of research interest is mental health uh particularly for black british women I think uh, a lot of the time when we talk about mental health, uh, particularly with um, uh, black people in this country, it's often focused on black men. And rightfully, I don't want to take away from that because of the ridiculous, the way that um, the Mental Health Act is used disproportionately towards black men in diagnosis and treatment, um, how they come into this uh, mental health system through the criminal justice system, et cetera, et cetera. But I think with a lot of research, you know, it's then assumed that it's the same for women and our needs and access, et cetera, are completely different. Um, So yeah, but then as I said, I have many interests. I'm most very interested in reproductive health. I'm interested in the intersection of of ethnicity, race, migration, and health. So <laughs> quite a few things. Um, what about yourself, Mohammed? Um, I'm interested in the social determinants of health and um, how uh, that influences health health outcomes. Yeah. Um, and I've literally been doing fanboy to Michael Marmot lately uh, <laughs> i know you have and he's actually he's actually retweeted and read my article so i'm happy with Ooh, that no that's amazing guys if you haven't already go read mohammed's article it's good it's amazing um mohammed, i'm interested I in that let me carry on oh, and <laughs> and um i'm also interested in infectious diseases so mm, basically mm. everything that's been happening in the last couple of months and um and how global health governance works of course with basically tackling um how effective governance is in tackling um infectious diseases and covid mm. is a good example mm. of how mm. bad governance is can yeah definitely so you're having the time of your life right now like i see that on your on your socials <laughs> with covid i am, actually. Um, I am. <laughs> Um, I was going <laughs> to, very wrong reasons, I was going to say, um, we haven't actually told our listeners about our degrees, um, 
So like we both of us, just for your knowledge, guys, Mohammed, and also like to validate why we think we can answer these questions, lol. Um, both Mohammed and I studied global health and social medicine at undergrad at King's College London. Um, uh, postgrad, uh, I study global health and development at UCL, and Mohammed studies global health policy. So looking at policy and how we can actually convert the health issues into policy and how we can improve health outcomes through policy. Mm. Mm. But at LSE, Mohammed studies at LSE. Um, and you know, another question I, I actually get, I know that you're asking the questions, but just to add on to like that little disclaimer of what we study, another question I always get is, you know, especially because I've done an undergraduate in global health, is, you know, is it the same at postgrad? Is there overlap? Do I still learn new things? Um, I'll answer the question first before I throw it back to you, Mohammed. Um, Yes, there is a lot of overlap, I won't lie to you, but I don't think you understand there is a difference in the depth at which you learn about certain concepts. Uh, for example, like as a global health student, you will always speak about the social determinants of health, but your understanding of them will definitely vary from year to year. I know that every single year um, in my undergrad, we had a lecture on social determinants of health and every single year it was different. Um, postgrad, uh, the lecture itself was given by Sir Michael Marmot, and again, oh, very different. You. Yes. <laughs> uh, and for example, every single year there's calls to recognize other social determinants of health, like this year, particularly the issue of racism as a social determinant of health is very much um, afloat within global health. But yeah, I don't know, Mohammed, how do you think it's a bit different for you? I think this year has been very different. The masters, um, we've—I mean, it's tailored to how you, at master level you basically kind of tailor your degree in a way. You have core modules, but it's basically up to you. And I've picked up a lot of health economics, and um, I must uh, say, yes, like, it's given me a whole different perspective into uh, health outcomes and behavior and importance of importance of behavioral economics and. Uh-huh. just the cost effectiveness and looking at why people demand healthcare and what that means and how uh-huh. how um, governments try and put policy into in action yeah yeah uh, and i've also had the great Elias Mosales basically um he's been teaching this year he taught us taught me uh financing healthcare and He's very, very amazing in that field. And mm. I've learned a lot um, in I terms imagine, of just yeah. financing healthcare, which is mm-hmm. a very big part of global health, mm-hmm. um, public health, and um, very economic uh, heavy, um, which is something that I came to appreciate because in undergrad, we didn't really have economic concepts or economic theory involved no. in um, involved in um um global health but yeah and i mean like you said you you definitely learn layers of layers of layers of um, information Just definitely yeah um do you want to ask question six um yeah so the question is 
what advice would you give to prospective students in finding work experience? And this is again been a question that has been asked by a lot of non-global health and global health students. Uh, what advice would I give to uh, prospective students? Um, the thing with global health, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, is it's quite a new field. Even though it's gaining its popularity, it's quite a new field, and often. I don't know if it's because I'm a minority, um, but I think a lot of opportunities are really, really hard to come by, uh, especially when you're in undergrad level or pre-undergrad, sorry, let me say. Um, so a lot of the stuff that was relevant, I would say, was very much voluntary based. Um, uh, I was lucky in that I got my A-levels and then in my gap year, I actually start working in the sector that I'm most interested in, mental health. Um, and I carried this three uh, in my undergrad. The advice I would say for you guys, particularly when you go into undergrad, um, uh, undergrad study is to be exceptionally shameless. Uh, I would say definitely join extracurriculars that align with your interests. Um, speak to your professors and I don't mean like beg friend them <laughs> I don't know how to say that in a in a professional way like don't become a teacher's pet but definitely like speak to lecturers that you appreciate their work um there's always something going on in your department um in the wider university as um uh community that you can get involved in and that is somehow linked to global health and also just network between students you know there's not that many global health courses particularly in london i think the main one is like a three-year course is queen mary uh there are cousins i know there are so many students that go there um from first right up till third year um there are other global health courses but a lot of them are for intercalation for medical students but even still i would say get to know them um because they also are your bringing into opportunities. They're your bringing into um, uh, lecturers, talks, um, work experience opportunity, job opportunities. Uh, it's definitely a close knit opportunity. And what I find is that people are very helpful and no, there's no like secretive. But if you don't ask, you don't get. That's the thing with global health. Um, uh, sadly, it's I feel like it works on nepotism. It's about who you know. Um, it's about being in the right time at the right place. That's not to say that you can't get an experience on your own because you can. A lot of people have done it. I've done it. Mohammed has, has done it. Um, but these are just ways I feel like and ha have seen myself happen. These are ways, shameless, shameless ways of gaining experience within the field. What do you think, Mohammed? I also agree. I think networking is key and also um, just uh, building a relationship with your academic advisor or uh, your, dis your dissertation supervisor because they seem to have one foot into academia and, as well, uh -huh. and one foot into just the global health world uh -huh. and um, institutions. So I think basically having that relationship with these people um, these lecturers, these teaching assistants will help you um, get these opportunities, like Beauty said. Um, also, I think just as LinkedIn is useful for all everyone else, it's also very like essential 
for global health students uh-huh. and uh, in particular because nowadays even like most firms have a global health healthcare um, department and basically um, yep. it's still new and they're still taking in mostly senior position uh, intakes but then at the same time they could also they're also looking at uh, just lower entry roles and um, basically an example is I uh, just I think a couple of months ago I um, sent a spontaneous t- um, LinkedIn message to a partner of Accenture in Chicago and uh-huh. they were very helpful uh-huh. and they basically greenlighted an internship obviously it was cancelled because of COVID but it's all about just having the confidence uh-huh. and um, just as any career career person careers person would tell you it's all about being proactive and actually um, basically pinpointing what you want who you want what company that you want to work in um, and just basically finding those people in that position and also it depends on the type of work you want so of course if you want work in academia you could start off as a research assistant at your uni uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. they're quite universities are quite happy to employ former students yep so it depends like if you want um um academic positions or if you want to carry on with your career global health career you could consider a phd and that definitely adds a whole level to your job market in a sense because a lot of um higher senior roles in global health um require a phd and uh, yeah that is one way so it's all about basically pinpointing the companies or the firms that you want to work in and finding people there and the rest is down to you all right yep i agree um okay it's my turn to ask you questions now mohammed <laughs> um so how how relevant do you think obviously i don't think you'd be pursuing global health if you don't want a career in it but you know some people do change so how relevant do you think your global health degree at undergrad and masters is for what you want to do in global health or just in the future in general i mean it's very relevant um especially if i want to consider a phd i probably want to do it in health economics or health nice. po- global health policy and uh-huh. again these are underpinned by the concepts and modules that i've learned in my undergrad and in my masters so it's pretty like global health is my feature in a sense if i want to consider a phd if i want to say work as well um i mean like i said a lot of firms are looking towards healthcare and um looking at global health students as well as health professionals um and they want experts in research and development so again it's very much relevant to what we learn um at global health in global health sorry and in public health so um for me yeah it's very relevant in the position that i want to be in the future what about you um Definitely. I think I agree with you in terms of pursuing uh, further studies. Um, Definitely. I mean, 
the thing for me is that the higher people go, the more specialized they go, as you've spoken about, you know, you want to go into health economics. Um, I think the reason why I chose to continue studying global health, um, even at postgrad level, I mean, it's a bit specialized because it's in development. It looks at development as, as well. Um, is that I want to, I, I, wait, sorry, I lost my trail of thought. <laughs> Um, I, I also want to think about specializing only when I do a PhD. Um, but also I think the skills that we learn from our degree, um, are just relevant for in any, in any sector of global health that we want to go into. So charity work, consultancy, um, research policy, it really, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, we already asked that question. Yeah, what would you like to go with? I mean, you've already answered that, but is health economics the definite thing you want to go into? Um, I mean, it's very, it's something that I really want to consider. But at the same time, with global health, it's very difficult to specialize and pick a certain specific uh, field especially for me, that's what, that is my experience because I'm, I'm just, I just have so many interests within global health. So health economics is quite nice, but then I also like the idea of looking at social determinants and uh -huh. um, as well as um, infectious diseases. And then maybe, maybe I want to do something to do with infectious diseases and social determinants combined, which I've been looking at COVID and how that has, how social um, socioeconomic factors have influenced that. Right. Okay. Uh, last two questions. So at the core of our podcast, we consider social justice to be integral in all the work we do um, in global health. How do you think you will embody this in like cultivating and just throughout your career in global health? Um, I think a part of social justice um, that I particularly want to pursue is having um, the knowledge production in the communities that are studied. Uh -huh. So often in global health, you would have knowledge production at a level and at a level that is not within the community. So it's a health professional, a medical doctor or someone in research who does a research, takes it and goes back to their country. And with me, I want to, um, a whole, a whole reason why we have this podcast is to have these discussions and right. have, uh, have knowledge production accessible to everyone. Because uh -huh. uh -huh. I think it's the best way of actually improving health, health outcomes and raising awareness for these disparities. And, and you can only change something if everyone knows that the change is needed and if everyone right. can see so I think that is one of my ways of actually approaching social justice. Um, what about yours? How would you cultivate it in your career? Uh, for me, it's really just working with individuals from the community, it's often left out of these conversations. Um, and when I say that, I mean like them leading research and them taking charge of like interventions and um, 
and how we work in their communities. I'm a very big believer in community work and community interven interventions and grassroots, especially led by those from these communities, because at the end of the day, I genuinely feel like they have the answers, you know, to their problems. It's, it shouldn't be imposed by outsiders. Um, and I think that's, that's definitely at the core of, of my social justice work and beliefs, you know, because a lot of the stuff that affects them is injustices they've seen go on in their communities for ages. And I'm, I'm not quite convinced that uh, the top has the answers anymore. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, it <laughs> does, yeah, it does. I so, definitely. So, I mean, we can see it right now with what's going on in the protests. Um, a lot of community organising, a lot of grassroots taking charge of a lot of injustices that are often ignored um, by the states. So, yeah. Anyways, um, last, last question. Uh, what advice would you give to any student looking to looking to work in a field that is predominantly a white space but heavily focused on the study of marginalized communities without an equal balance in their representation, knowledge production, research and voice of these communities? Well, wow, that is a very complex question. That is, that is a hard question. I know I wrote it. It is. <laughs> it is. And I want to start off by saying um you have to be yourself Absolutely. that is the first thing like mm. you cannot you cannot basically fall into the trick of being pressured to basically not be yourself so you mm -hmm. have to in a way empower yourself mm -hmm. see that use your difference Absolutely. and your uniqueness to your advantage Make sure your voice is heard. Uh -huh. Make sure everyone else in that room is also held accountable for what they say. And often, because often in global health and we've been in seminars and lectures where a lot of people would spout ridiculous stuff. Yeah, often we see ourselves in seminars and lectures where a lot of people say unnecessary stuff. And... <laughs> A lot you of unnecessary stuff. You have to hold them accountable. Absolutely. And ultimately, yeah, it's all about just putting other people's voices in the table that you're at. So in the yeah. workspace you're at. Definitely. Um, I definitely agree with Mohammed. Wait, were you finished? Sorry, Mohammed. Yeah, I'm finished. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with Mohammed in in that you have to go into the into this field with your entire identity and not try and shrink that for anyone. Um, I think definitely within every single part of the work you do, draw from your lived experience. Um, I think as well, you know, I'm not saying go in there shouting at your lecturers and stuff, but definitely challenge their knowledge as well. You know their frame of reference of the world, particularly if they're not a person of color, is very different from yours. And don't ever feel like you don't have anything valuable to say because of where you're standing in society or, or that you're because you're an undergrad student. No, 
you have something very valuable to say. Exactly. And I think for me, what really, really elevated my voice in global health and kind of, um, how do I say, propelled me and sustained my ideas in decolonizing global health is just the conversations I've had with young black women, young black men that look like me in global health. Unfortunately, on my course, it was really Mohammed <laughs> um, and my friends. Uh, and postgrad, it's a bit different. And other non-black people of color, I've heard about their experiences and the issues we find in global health. And, you know, taking that and putting that rage onto like into my assignments. Um, I often wrote about topics that a lot of my lecturers hadn't heard of, again, because curriculums were so white, pushing for curriculums to have um, more diverse readings um, from writers from the Latin American, African, Asian continents. Um, you know, and also just going beyond the scope of what you're being taught, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that's all I have to say, Mohammed. Uh, these are the kind of kind of questions we get, and I hope we answered all of them. We're more than happy to do a part two if you guys have any more questions. Um, yeah, I, we'll be back with our next theme, which will be on addictions. Mohammed, do you have anything else to add? Yes. Yeah, um, we're going we're gonna do a theme on addictions. It's, sorry an episode on addictions and um we're gonna stop being more active and yes. <laughs> i promise you we're gonna have a lot of the episodes on um on all our platforms yes like, and again hope everyone's safe and, and looking after themselves as usual exactly especially in a time like this where Absolutely. there's racial racial tension there's also bloody virus going around mm. it's very yeah, we, easy to lose hope but yeah let's not look after yourself guys tap into your mental health talk to each other look out for each other and we'll be back soon bye <laughs>